What's up, everybody? PJ Braun here with Dr. Zeno. What's up, D- guys? What's up, PJ? The DOC. The D- <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh, before people start coming below, I am wearing this outfit because um, I got something for PJ. And, you know, when we talk about characters and people we look up to and even, you know, movie characters, like it, it, when you like someone in a movie or, or someone you admire someone, it's because you're seeing characteristic traits in that person. And uh, we always use like Stark mode or to- we, we refer to Tony Stark a lot. Mm-hmm. You got the cufflinks and stuff like that, yep. the Iron Man stuff, because really what a character as far as like what he stood for. He was he was confident, cocky, pride like he had pride, but he was a very good hearted person. And yeah. he, really, he made the whole Iron Man series. So, you know, I, I want to start like a Stark club, you know, and just like it's almost like I have friends that are from Germany and they use German as like a way of life. Like Buddhism, like I need to be more German on this. I'm like, shit, you're using German as like a thing <laughs> because it's about quality mm-hmm. from the Mac to micro so i got uh i got pj this part of the star club how cool is that this dude this is uh, iron man one dude there you go so thank you so much and so you said what do you get pj that's what you get pj stuff yeah they always say what do you get everyone thinks i have everything already which by the way you guys please don't send me stuff don't send them it's so nice people send me stuff (laughs) it's so it's so nice you guys don't need to do that so i'm gonna i'm gonna be in character somewhat my, my my online persona of this stay in character i'm gonna stay in character that's good I'm going to keep being me because yes. I'm a, enough of a character. We talked about uh, winning and the thrill of, yep. of victory, and we talked about the, the really unmatched emotion, the unmatched feeling of winning. But because of that, what I said we get into today is how fast it can be taken away and what happens when you lose because yep. it's a lot different. When you're, when you're a winner, when you're a champion, and you're on that level, mm-hmm. uh, when you lose – you know, as they say, when the king falls, the king falls hard. You know, I'm going to read that page. You should read that page. It's a great, a great uh, page uh, from a book that. Um, so Dr. Chris uh, reached out to me and said, I think you'd like this book. And um, I knew that I would, I would uh, like it right away because it's written by Jordan's uh, trainer. Who also trained uh, a lot of uh, stars, Kobe Bryant. Yep, Kobe. Um, many CEOs. Did he train um, Barkley? Yes, Dwayne. Oh, Dwayne, Dwayne Wade. Um, mentally very, very tough guys. And what was his name, by the Tim way? Grover. Tim, Tim Grover. Tim Grover. That's right. You guys remember him from the uh, the goat from Jordan series. Okay. Yeah, I got it. So this I said, really this really resonated with me. I said this to PJ because like. He, you know, and I know PJ always says, well, I'll let you guys know that whole thing at another time. Like, the whole thing you're going to know at another time <laughs> is a whole book, right? So, because uh, I know what he's going through. And so, this is a, a page from the book Winning from Tim Grover. You guys need to get it. And we don't get any kickback from him. I'm just saying. He goes, uh, it goes, winning doesn't apologize and it doesn't explain. It throws a party in your honor and refuses to give you the place and time. It sticks you with the check. It pours your champagne and knocks over the glass. You reach out to shake its hand, and it has no idea who you are. Winning puts you on the biggest stage and shuts off all the lights. He goes, in my 30-plus years of working with the greatest uh, competitors such as Michael Jordan, Kobe, Dwayne Wade, Charles Barkley, and countless other CEOs, I've, uh, I've seen winning in all its glorious generosity and all its excruciating cruelty. One day it wears a halo, and the next day it has fangs. You don't get to decide what you will be. You can only chase it. And if you're willing to pay the price, you might catch it briefly. Yeah. And uh, come on. I got to. I know. Instant goosebumps. And one, one, one great 
great thing to think about from that is as it, as the passage goes on in, in that, that book that I can tell is going to be a great, great book, um, talks about um, when Kobe died. And that was a guy that was a champion in everything that he did, but all of a sudden, boom, it was all over. Now, that is something that you could say is a one in a million or billion type thing, but yeah. still happened in the prime of his life. And, you know, tragedy can strike at every time. Now, it's a matter of what is your perspective of tragedy, right? Yes. Because uh, I had a number of things that have happened to me in the past few years that have been personal tragedies to me that have affected everybody around me. And I was at the top of the world, really, mm -hmm. for me. I, uh, you know, a, a lot of people asked what made me decide that I wanted to uh, get married when I did. Mm -hmm. And I'll tell you that at that point in my life, I was making a lot of money and I had already had slept with tons of girls. You know, like, I don't know what the number was. It doesn't matter. Uh, Give us a number. Because everybody wants to know. Honestly, like, there's no way that. Like, it, like, like, like eight asparagus. Let's just get the number. Yeah, it was, I would say that it, it would have to be like. It, to say that it was less than 100, I think would not be accurate. A thousand? No, <laughs> no, no. We'll say somewhere in, in somewhere around 100, maybe. But the thing is, and this is going to sound really assholey, I remember all of them. I do. I remember all of them, yeah. but but I also forget a lot of them because you're like they come in your life for one night stands mm -hmm. a lot of the time, mm -hmm. and then you're like, oh my god, I remember her from that time. Yeah. Yes, and she was fun. But outside yeah. of that, if you've never seen her ever again, it's hard to remember things like yeah. that. So there's there's many that I've, that I've I've yeah. lost sight of, but I appreciated all of them and I learned a lot uh, from all of them. And when I got to a point where I was kicking ass in business mm -hmm. and I was. Uh, stacking paper as the young guys say um i had uh the cars that i wanted and and really i i felt like everything in my life was in place my mother was like when are you gonna give me grandchildren when are you gonna give me grandchildren and i was like i guess i should probably get married before i get to that point yeah. and that was when i decided to get to get married and so i had gotten married i had bought my dream house i already had my dream cars my business blackstone labs is 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 my dream business really all of my businesses have been parts of my dreams mm -hmm. you know it's just where have my dreams been at that point you know and when i was in the the prime of it all in the same month it's the craziest thing so right when we hit the inc 500 mm -hmm. 27th fastest growing company in the united states so that year we did it wasn't quite 25 million it was something like that right 24 point whatever million dollars in sales and that was our fourth year in and the february of 2017, right? I first uh, get divorce papers from my now ex-wife, which I knew was was coming. You know, we we tried to figure out you know the best way to do this. Yeah, but were you guys like like it, like for instance when we talked about it for was did you guys like start talking about it or was it kind of more volatile than that? You know it was extremely I mean? volatile. Yes. So. I I wanted so much to make it work because that's how I am, man. I'm gonna fucking figure it out. I'm a problem solver. You know that that line you always told me. You know you're not a quitter. Yeah, but sometimes. Yeah, one of my one of my worst enemies, who is also one of my best friends in, in life, coincidentally, and you guys can figure out who that is. It's such a superhero type of connotation. He said, um, "I know that PG Braun doesn't quit, but this is one of those times when you just gotta quit." Um, but I wouldn't quit, man. I um, I believe that marriage is forever. I did. Um, and I, I wasn't going to do it until I knew that it was forever. And I really believed in my heart it was, it was forever. And I knew that there, was, there had to be something that I could do to fix it. Mm -hmm. And that is, I think, the 
one of the traits that most champions have is they want to carry things on their back, right? Like, I can fucking make this happen. I can, I can carry this to victory. But um, a relationship is a team effort. So no matter how strong one side is, if both people aren't in it together, um, on, on her end, it took her a while to just figure it out. Um, and then once she did figure it out, it turned really, really nasty, unfortunately. So I had said to her, I said, um, I, I don't know what to, to do anymore. Like I've tried everything I could possibly try. Like all I want to do is make you happy. You're not happy. happy. You're like miserable. Like I don't, I honestly, honestly don't even know like what else I can do. And she said, honestly, I, I fucking hate being married to you. And, uh, I said, that was like at the time, like the most heartbreaking thing. So, so that did pierce you. Yeah. Cause I know sometimes you're a tough guy and you take it and you say, well, you're just, you know, you're, uh, you're le- leashing out on me, but I'm, I'm sure that hit you. Like that was the, at that point in my life, that was the, that was the start of, of a very painful year. Oh, so okay. I said to her, it was so shocking, you know, that's not what I expected. Like I thought, give me something that I can work with. And I said, you hate being married to me. Why? And she said, because when I married you, I lost my identity. And I said, I just don't understand that. And she goes, I used to be a star. I used to be Caitlyn. People would cheer for me everywhere I went. And now I'm just PJ's wife. And I said, no, you're Celeste. And she said, no, it's not. It's all you. And I was like, you have an amazing company. She's like, you even picked the name of the company. And I was like, okay, well, you know, you, you have all these fans following you and, and all these awesome things. And, you know, you get to go to whatever gym you want and drive whatever car you want. And she was like, it's all you. It's all you. I don't do any of it. And that was like so hard because I was doing all these things out of love, you know. And when she was wrestling, she was sad. And so I was like, you know, you could be anything that you want to be and, and I'll help you. And she said, you know, I don't know, I'm into fashion, maybe I could do something with that. And I was like, why don't we start a clothing line? And that's how the whole, like, Booty Scrunch thing started, you know? And the name was great. And to me, like, I was like, yo, your name is Celeste, Celestial Bodies, it's perfect. To me, I I, I thought that was all great. And I I didn't look at it as I was was creating all these things. I was was helping inspire her to to make Mm -hmm. these things happen. And she said, everywhere we go, people are always like, oh, you're PJ's wife and then they say such nice things about you and then I'm just in your shadow and I fucking hate it. And I said, man, I'm so shocked that you look at it like that because when people say nice things like about you, I'm so proud. I'm like, yeah, that's my wife because we're a team. And she's like, no, I just don't feel that way. And she was like, and, and I honestly like can't stand it. And I even made the, I made the, uh, the comparison, which is the, the only one I could think of at the time. I said, well, look at like, Obama and Michelle. I go, you know, she she's an attorney. She's a very yeah. successful woman. She's a brilliant lady, yeah. but she's Obama's wife. You know what I mean? Like she's the president. She's the first lady's wife. She's now the first lady. I was like, you're yeah. the first lady. You know, like yeah. that's yeah, that's yeah. cool. I get that. And um, she was like, no, that's not what I want. And um, I was like, well, I guess then, if there if if it's that horrible, you know, then I, I'll end it and let's just make it as amicable as as possible and that's how i wanted it to be Mm -hmm. and it was unfortunately anything but amicable and it's crazy how money can change people so much because she had already had it all like you know 
going through the separation, not only to get too much into the details, but there was a point where they were like uh, trying to, I had to almost like give her like an allowance, right? Mm-hmm. And they were like, well, she's going to need, um, <laughs> she's going to need a $14,000 a month. Mm-hmm. Allowance is not, is not the right term. And my attorneys were like, absolutely not. And they were like, well, she has $4,000 a month in just like expenses from like clothing and shoes. And I was like, what? And they were like, how are you not paying attention to this? But I wasn't. I just like, we had a joint bank mm-hmm. account. Let her do whatever she wants. So when, when, when she left, right, she cleaned out all her stuff. So I came home one day and it was like my house was like, it was like a tornado went through there. <laughs> and uh, I actually made, I found some humor in it at the time where like I went through with a camera and I was like videotaping like, it looked like somebody just robbed my whole house. Yeah. There was like one fork in the drawer. <laughs> I was like, what is this? What is the, the symbol of the one fork? Please, you one. And uh, so this whole long, like just dramatic experience that went by, while that is going on, right? So we're going to talk about like losing hard at this point. So I'm at the top of the world. I got my dream girl. Mm -hmm. She's now telling me that she hates everything about like being married to me. So that's that's I'm losing a lot. I'm losing a lot of my ego. Right. I'm losing my heart, my Mm -hmm. ego. And while that's going on and I can't get overly into detail on the next two subjects. But while that's going on, I'm involved in a a corporate embezzlement. Right. So that's I got to deal with that. Like, holy shit. Like there's money that's been disappearing from my company, too. And then on top of that, this is all happening right around my birth- my birthday, February 6th, right? February 5th is when the divorce papers first hit. This is all going on. And so now I got my company being attacked from the inside, my personal life being ripped apart. And then I believe it was February 19th, they came blasting through the doors with guns in everybody's faces and took out all the computers and cleaned out the entire warehouse and made everybody sit outside like they were a bunch of criminals. And that was when the FDA came in and shut down Blackstone Labs. They came in with guns? They came in guns, put guns right in my dad's face. Holy shit. Yep, get away from your computer. Bunch of guys with, with uh, rifles pointed right in his face and scared the shit out of everybody. Yeah, a little extreme? It's extremely extreme. They They're come not in- supposed to do this. They're supposed to be court draw, like, you know, hey. Give you a little bit of like dignity. Give me a break, dude. They fucking. We have videos of them f- flying through the front door. I'll yeah. show you after, because uh, we have cameras here. You know yeah. what I mean. So it's completely legal to have cameras of them coming in. They come in with marshals. You know what I mean. So right, right, right. they come in, man, and you got to see the way they come in because it's like these guys are Tense. trained, trained cool. well. So each guy's got his hand on the guy in front of his back, and they come flying in. They blast the guy that's opening the door out of the way, and it's just like one after the other. It's probably about twenty of them coming in. You had no idea. No. So the funny thing is I was late to work that day. And so they're sending me vid- videos before their phones get taken away. So I called my partner, Jared, and I was like, hey, so <laughs> this is what's going on at Blackstone Labs today. What should I do? And he goes, I would stay home. And I was like, really? And he was like, yeah, I mean, I'm sure they know where you are anyway. He was like, but if that's going on there, you're just driving there to get arrested then. He's like, I'd rather be arrested at my own house. And uh, I was like, all right, good point. So I stayed home. And I waited and waited, and they, they didn't come. I just I just waited around, but they cleaned out everything. Took all the they took they, they completely cleaned the whole entire warehouse out. Um, so a million dollars at our our cost of product cleaned out. So no product anymore. Everybody's computers, um, phones was nuts. And so now while this was going on, I am 
heartbroken on many levels. Mm-hmm. And now I'm like, the one thing I got, no matter what, Blackstone Labs, like, am I losing that now too? Yeah. So in that month, I had the biggest, as far as victory and that like feeling on top of the world yeah. goes, boom. that was the biggest boom. That was the start of a crazy, crazy, crazy downward spiral of a year for me, which of course ended with uh, eventually they made their indictments and um, which wasn't so bad in the end. Uh, we, we, you know, we got our charges. We're going to trial later on this year for that. Um, my divorce took so long. Um, my divorce took fucking two years. Um, and when it was all finally done, um, I signed the last check. And I remember signing the check and I, I remember thinking to myself, I worked so hard all these years from when I was a young man. I've been saving. I was always a saver, you know. Everybody sees that I have all this nice shit. And they think, like, oh, you know, he's got all these fancy mm-hmm. things. But for me, it was never about that. Mm-hmm. I wanted to accomplish all these things more than anything. It was about the accomplishment. I'm still mm-hmm. driven by the accomplishments that I need sure. to make. And I remember what was so hard about signing the check I talked to other people in this position is that I worked my whole life with honesty and integrity and with pride to build this all up. And it was now going to somebody that was basically stood for the opposite of what matters to me. Somebody that lied, cheated, stole. Mm -hmm. And I could go into details on all the crazy stuff as far as secret bank accounts, Mm -hmm. um, just heartbreaking things that, we had found out because she actually wanted to get forensic accountants involved. So once I got the forensic accountants involved that she wanted, wasted $300,000 on that. So that's another 150 that she would have had. Um, for them to tell us, okay, well, she was actually having a secret bank account. There was like money going in all sorts of different directions. Like also found out that she didn't even um, retire from wrestling. Mm-hmm. So I, my whole love was all this. This was the second most heartbreaking thing mm-hmm. and possibly even was more heartbreaking because so during this period, I had this whole beautiful fairy tale online. Right. Mm-hmm. And I used to not be able to tell the story without crying, but I'm past it now. So it's like you go like extreme love and then people think the opposite is like extreme. hate, and it's really not. They're all kind of together in that same passion. Right. Yeah. Um, when you're, when you're at a point where you're like just indifferent, mm. that's like the opposite, you know, when yeah. it just doesn't even affect you anymore. Indifference, yeah. So I can just talk about it now where it's just like, Hey, this is what happened to me. It sucks, but it is what it is. I used to, I used to be like, I used to break down. Sure. So, but one thing that was, that was, I, I can tell you at the time that was heartbreaking for me was our whole story was this romance that everybody loved. We're the fit couple, like mm. CEO power couple. And so when she retired from wrestling, she reached out to me one day, and we had had these ideas about celestial bodies. I'll never forget. It was in February. It was uh, in late January because uh, my birthday is in February. And she was like, "I think that I could be um, living with you by your birthday." And I was like, uh, "What do you mean?" And she was like, "I'm going to retire today." And I said, "What?" And she goes, "Yeah, I'm going to retire today." And I, I was just quiet. And she goes, "That's your response? I thought you're going to be happy." And I, I was like, no, of course I'm going to be happy. But, you know, you said that you weren't going to retire for a while. So I started developing this business for you. And the whole plan was from a marketing standpoint, 
AJ Lee, your best friend, had just become the champion. She's super popular. She was going to wear the clothes in the ring. You guys were going to get stuff on TV. We're going to get all this marketing behind it. And then later on down the year, we would launch the line. I go, I need more time. I said, my manufacturers are are behind. The website's still being designed. We got to pick the girls. Mm-hmm. And she was like, well, I'm sorry that you're so disappointed that I was doing this for you because I can't take not seeing you anymore. Mm-hmm. And I said, I said no, I, I'm like shocked uh, this is a, like my dreams are coming true thank you i just truly you're, you're hitting me out of nowhere with it and now i gotta hustle to get this shit done so i i spent like another 80 gram trying to like rush rush the product to getting done everything getting done so we could launch lustful bodies when we wanted to because we we're getting married later on that year so i found out in the in the um in the divorce in the middle of the divorce with the forensic accountants that she actually was fired that day and so that whole story to make me feel good was not not true. And Let me do real quick because just because uh, I you know I'm I'm listening as like one of the viewers. Have I told you this before? No, you told me this, but listening as a viewer, it's like, you know, I take you for a pretty sharp guy, and that's the thing, guys. I want you to realize, like, as sharp and as like, oh, I got my finger on the pulse of things, too. This whole thing. So, what was the blind? What do you think blinded you? Love. With, yeah. It's the most cliche saying, it really is, but love is blind, especially when you're young, and it takes a tragedy. It really does. It takes some extreme heartbreak for you to learn that. Now, here's the thing. Women, I'm sorry, ladies, my listeners, you guys do this all the time, because I've been coaching women for years. I've coached thousands of women. I'm in love, I'm in love, I'm in love. Oh, I'm heartbroken. I'm in love, I'm in love, I'm in love. Oh, I'm heartbroken. For me, fool me once, Shame on you. Pull me twice. Shame on me. How about the third time? So for me, honestly. <laughs> it's not the third time. No. Yeah. For me, this was such a, a powerful learning experience. And it's sad because I hate to bring her into it, but Marissa's like, it's, it's, it's a shame because you're damaged. And I'm like, people say that about me, but I don't really look at it like that. I'm, I'm just, I've evolved and I've learned because of that damage. So when I found out that, wow, my whole entire romance was fake. Mm-hmm. And in fact, when I look at it, I was actually her, her perfect exit strategy because going into wrestling, she was a, a waitress at Hooters. And listen, I love Hooters and shout out to all the good like Hooters waitresses out there, but that's a, a, a big, big jump to go from Hooters waitress to making a couple hundred grand a year as a WWE TV star to then losing all that, having no backup plan. And where are you gonna go? Back to being a Hooters waitress, hopefully? Or are you gonna be like, crippled by the fact that you're going to go places and you're the former WWE champion. That's usually, that's that's option C's of a lot of those wrestlers. Because, you know, I grew up in Tampa. Yeah. And a lot of those guys got into, they couldn't, they missed the the rush standing out. It's, um, for her, she had a great plan with me. And so, you know, we go through all that. And uh, when I signed that, that last check, right? This is, you know, this was a longer story, and I apologize if I made anybody cry or if I made anybody be like, geez, you know. But I think that, um, first of all, I didn't plan on telling this story, but I think that where, where you see where I'm going with this is so important, especially with what we're talking about. So when I signed that last check, it was, it was that was actually when I drank myself into the hospital, and we've already talked about how I almost mm-hmm. died, right? Yeah. So that was, that was the real, real rock bottom for me, right? Like, I hit some lows, but having everything that I worked for in my life, everything that drove me to get to where I was now was gone to a person that truly didn't, didn't deserve it. I could either sit there 
and feel sorry for myself, which I did because I ended up in the hospital, mm-hmm. or I could do something about it. When I was in the hospital, I thought to myself, man, I can't wait to get out of here and just fuck shit up. And like unfinished business type of shit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I came out of the hospital and it's been a little over three years now. Mm-hmm. And I want that thrill of victory feeling so bad mm. that there's nothing that can slow me down. There's nothing that will take that away. And I'm sorry for the people. This is like what we said yesterday. Mm. We're sorry for, for being this way. We don't apologize anymore. We're not going to apologize anymore. I, I can't help that this is how I have to mm. be. And I'm, I'm, I'm never going to not be like this. And that's okay. I understand that about myself. Mm. So I've gone through some things that have made me realize I like being a winner. I like being a champion. I'm not going to allow myself to lose. Mm-hmm. So that means I have to go and do whatever it takes to win again. Yeah. And that's what the past few years have been. But I wouldn't possibly know what to do or know what I was chasing after or what I was feeling had I not been on top first. Mm-hmm. I got two questions for you that myself and the viewers would know. And because we've all, guys, we've all gone through this in some way, shape, or form. How, um, how are you able to trust again? Because that's it. I, like I heard a, a quote Bob Potter says, listen, it's okay to get hurt and have a broken heart, but just don't lose trust in people. Like, you know, it's tough to trust people. Mm-hmm. And that can really kill a lot of you watching. Like, you went through a hurt, and because of that one person, you don't trust anybody, and yeah. it holds you back from relationship capital and really, really big things. So how are you able to separate and say, well, I can still trust? So it, it took a long time, and I, I uh, did a lot of therapy. I learned mm-hmm. a lot about myself. Um, I think that it's great for everybody to, whether they're happy or sad, to have somebody on the outside that they can talk to. Now, I also think just like, you know, people want to say, oh, there's bad cops and this and that. There's, there's bad therapists too because you can manipulate the therapist real easy, especially if they just want their paycheck. Um, I actually met a woman who actually, you could tell she truly did care what I had to say. And um, I had great, great conversations with her. And um, I learned a lot. Um, so it's talked through. You talked through it. For me, mm-hmm. the the most important thing is this is what I took. I took a lot of positives and negatives away, but I learned a lot about myself. And there's one thing that I won't change, no matter what. Uh, I I now know and believe that I have more uh, compassion mm. than a, a, a normal person. And this is very common for people who have what I was told is uh, like a Jesus complex, right? Like, you, like you, I have a desire to like save everyone, which is also why I will get in these positions yeah. because you're, you're so compassionate that you, you believe there's good in everybody and you want to help yeah. that shine. That's a beautiful thing. So what you do is you don't ever lose sight of that because that is who you are. And, and, and mm-hmm. to, to, to turn that off, you'd be turning off a, a big point of who, portion of who you are. But what you do is you make people prove themselves not necessarily prove their worth but you make them show their worth a little bit more before you give all the way before you lay into it yeah so that's what i do now and and so i would be lying if i said that i don't expect most people to let me down in some way um because they do um but the ones that don't, I actually have a lot more value and I have a, a, yeah. a lot more appreciation to them now. And even on the level of just our athletes, yeah. 
new athletes. So I tell them, listen, here's the deal. Nobody gets shit up front. Because, you know, you got these athletes that are like, I'm so-and-so. I got a million followers and this and that. And I'm like, that's cool. Well, I've already sold $25 million in 2017, lost it all, and been building it all back. So you're not going to really change what I'm doing. So here's the deal. If you want to work with me, I can do a lot for you. But you got to show me that you're going to do something for me first. And if you do that, you'll get the world from me. And the people that are okay with that, uh, that don't have the huge egos, uh, those are the ones that have been here for a while, and they're doing great. And the people that aren't okay with that, I can just move on to the next one. There's so many people out there. Like, we're trying to touch as many people as we can, right? It's part of the reason why we're doing this podcast is we want, we want people to hear what we have to say. Mm-hmm. So you can't touch everybody. You can try to touch as many people as you can. I'm not going to put all my time into trying to touch one person that doesn't want to follow my beliefs. Yeah. You got to just keep moving on to the next one. You can't, you can't invest the same time in. Mm-hmm. I invested a lot of time into my marriage, a lot. And I should have hung up a few times, but I didn't want to give up because mm-hmm. that's what I'm all about. Nowadays, I wouldn't say that I give up easy. I just, there's a shorter amount of time mm-hmm. that you have to, to, to make the right impression with me. All right, second question. And what you were talking about, you said, so you were drinking, you hit your rock bottom and then you made a decision or you're like, I'm going to just blow shit up. Like, like, so that's a tough thing when someone's in such a funk, it's like, it's tough to get out of bed. Yeah. So what was this, how were you able to turn that switch on? Is it because you remembered what wedding was? And that was saying, I rem- I, I, I felt it remembered and like I desired it again because sometimes you could become a victim and just stay in that Yeah. because it's easy. It's easy to whine and moan, but like it takes a lot of energy to get the rocket off the ground. And mm-hmm. that was a moment where, like, hitting rock bottom, you're at a dead stop, and it takes a lot of force and brunt, you know, brunt, brutal brunt force to get that rocket going again. So when you made the decision, I'm going to make blow things up. That's coming from a very positive, driven yeah. state. Maybe a little like uh, uh, the dark side, a little bit, a little anger, because mm-hmm. anger is empowerment. Like what you're saying, indifference and apathy, you have no power. Anger is the next level up. At least you get some power yeah. to get moving. Mm-hmm. So I think a lot of us are saying like when we hit tough times, how are we able to, is it, is it like what I call it, unconscious competence that you have? Or how, do, how are we able to generate the force to say, you know, enough's enough, or uh, I'm disgusted, or like, that's it. The switch goes on. So for me, uh, th- this was a, an easy one. Um, and I haven't looked into where this fits as far as definitions go. Mm-hmm. Maybe you can help me. Um, so when you have a lot of pride, mm-hmm. like we do, the worst thing for me is shame. Mm. And I don't know where shame falls as far as the opposite of pride. But when I got out of the hospital... The, the thing that I had the most shame over was that I really hurt people that loved me. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so seeing my mom and my dad, mm-hmm. my dad never cries. So seeing my dad mm-hmm. cry and uh, my vice president, David, who never fucking cries either, excuse my language, seeing those guys cry saying, we thought you were going to die. And my dad saying, you know, like, we love you so much. Like, we we were going to do whatever it took to like take care of Blackstone Labs like while you were handling whatever you had to handle. But he was like, it's not really Blackstone Labs, it's PG Braun Labs. So if there's no PG Braun, then how can any of us mm-hmm. do it the right way? And he goes, bah, I, I would just give all that away to just be able to have my son back. And when, when I saw him 
cry to think that he was so worried about like me and like saving my company and like that I did that to him, the shame that I mm. felt like, how dare you do that to people? Do that to people? You know, you're, you're, that's against who you've been all these years. So this wasn't a PJ doing it for him. It was, it, it was you, you utilized other, the people you cared for. Yep. And I'll never feel like that ever again. The shame that I felt over that, I can't ever feel like that again. I, mm. that, to me, that was the real worst. Yeah. So the heartbreak, all that stuff sucks. Oh, woe is me. But then thinking about how I hurt these other people yeah. through my actions and how that made me feel, that's the ultimate motivator. I mean, if that doesn't drive you, if you, if you, if you want to go out and say, I'm a good person, I'm a good person, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And if you're a good person, then you should really care about what the people that love you think. And if, if you really hurt those people, and you know this is my one way to make sure I don't hurt those people again, simply taking care of myself and doing good, well, in my mind, I'm like, I'm going to, not only am I going to take care of myself, I'm going to do better than ever. And that, that fuels me every mm. day. It, came, it became an accountability yep. for them, even if it was just thing you were doing in your mind. Well, I'm going to do it for them, with them, you know, for, for them, so I never have to have that, that feeling again. But it was coming from a personal place because you felt the shame of that, mm-hmm. and that, that was your, your uh, catalyst. I yeah. understand. Because like, I'd like to hear these things because, guys, we will go, life, I always think of life as a, perf- a coin. You know, there's two sides of a coin. And so people say, how's your day going? I go, Perfect. Well, didn't this happen? I go, yeah, but I get both sides of the coin. It's perfect. It's exactly where it should be. So we're going to have these days, but it's always nice to know consciously how can I leverage it. Just like when we talk about Jordan, he would make scenarios in his head to get drive, anger, moment, to just to sh- shift, uh, shift his state. So I think all of us want some type of tactical way to be like, hey, I'm in, I'm in a shitty position right mm-hmm. now. And I'm in apathy. I'm in indifference. I mean, even my, with the office, it was just I was getting lit down so much that I literally went numb and I'm just like indifferent. Like where, like, but you got to realize numb is still an emotion. See, we think oh, I'm just numb. No, it's still an emotion. And uh, like, you need some type of action. Tony Robbins like action. You know, some type of action gets that thing going yeah. again. And so you use the, the trigger. Hey, I don't want to let these people that I love down. No, and it's it's been consistently fueling me all this yeah. time. Um, I think that everybody that's listening to this, just because you haven't had a tremendous heartbreak or loss some of our younger listeners mm-hmm. maybe doesn't mean that you can't find these feelings inside mm-hmm. you to, to motivate yourself because because victories and winning happen all over the place mm-hmm. whether they're small or big yeah. it's, it's just a matter of wh- where are you trying to win uh-huh. and and what are you trying to win i try to win everything yeah um but i don't have celebration parties over the small ones they're all just little steps to the goal yeah the big vision and you can't lose sight of that. Um, I think that we, in the first episode, we really like built up the raw power and emotion that goes behind winning. Mm-hmm. And in this episode, this is a fun thing about doing this is um, I got a lot of unfinished business, I guess, but I have a lot to say that sometimes I'll say it, sometimes I won't. Mm-hmm. And today I said some things I certainly didn't plan on saying today. And some of these things, guys, you know, I could get really, really raw on if I needed to or if I wanted to. Uh, but I want these shows to at least end on a positive learning mm. standpoint. And I think that the way that you wrapped it up at the end 
with the questions that you asked. I think that everybody that listened to this could take away mm. that they learned a lesson from this for sure. Because, uh, you know, everybody watching, we're, I'm you and you and me. We, we go through the same stuff. Never yeah. ever think that what you see on a social media person, they're going through, they're going through shit. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, even when you see my per- social media come up for the, the stallion part of Cancun, yeah, I'm going to have an g- exaggerated Tony Stark personality because it's what you guys like. It's entertaining. It's infotainment. But understand that we, we all go through uh, situations, and it's not about, oh, I'm a good person. But No, no. It's just we go through it, and it's part of the learning thing. It's how you learn, and it's perspective. So I do appreciate your perspective on it, PJ. And I know, like, again, when you write the book, <laughs> it'll be great. But like, you went through a lot of stuff, and it manifested itself in physical. Like, you you have to hold you have to hold your shit together, but and the body starts breaking down yeah. because you, you know the pressure cooker only could take so much pressure. So I understand if you guys are watching this, feel pressure, d- depression, shame, guilt, all these other things. It's like you consciously have to make a decision, but I understand it's not that easy. Yeah. It's like, so what is the technique? Like PJ is learning himself, self-awareness. He knows the technique to leverage on. For me, I know the things to like, uh, convince myself to get moving. So when you become self-aware of, well, what, what switch needs to be pushed to, to get me moving out of this, this stage or the, to, to get moving again, you gotta, what, what, what does it for you? Like, I love the feeling of winning. I want to go after it. And man, like for me in, in chiropractic, you know, we, we saw the, we had the biggest office in the world. Like I could literally say, and everybody, and it's not like my opinion, you line up a hundred chiros and they'll be like, he had the largest practice in history. Like, by, by now. And when I started losing that, and my focus, my energy, I didn't want to do anymore, and it started going down. I felt like a boxer who was trying to like keep the title and just get his ass kicked. And I felt like I was a boxer who peaked, and it was very depressing because I had put so much pride and mm-hmm. my status and my my identity was that. It was very tough. It almost became the more I pushed and fought, the worse it got. And so, you know, I, I shift gears. I didn't quit. I had to just pivot, shift gears, do something different. So. I understand, like you woke up and you just always had this like sour, toxic feeling because you were losing something that you built that you loved and here it's being taken away. And a lot of it was my issue, right? So, you know, we go through this stuff, but it's self-awareness of knowing what do I have to do to, to flip the switch or get game face on, whatever you want to call it. But no, I do appreciate uh, those two things. How can we go through tough times and not lose trust? And then how can we turn the switch to say, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to overcome this. I'm going to conquer this one more, you know, and I'm not going to be, I'm not going to lay down like this anymore. So I appreciate that. Yeah. We're always learning, right? Yeah. Always evolving. Yeah. Good one. Awesome one. This is a good one. We're going to bust out another one too, guys. Awesome. (laughs) If you guys are, are getting into this, please like, comment, share, let us know. Give us ideas on what else you want to talk about. We had a lot to say, so we're not going anywhere. And that's that. How do you close it, PJ? I love you all. Peace out, bye.